0: Welcome to the Meet the Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Deb Matozu, Instructional Designer within the Office of Teaching and Learning Excellence at Walden University. During this interview-style podcast series, I chat with several Walden leaders from different departments about their interests, leadership approaches, and other casual subjects. Our first guest on the show is someone who I have admired for a while. She has over 20 years of experience in higher education and has served in several leadership roles with Walden since 2014, including Executive Director of Digital Strategy, Design and Development, and Vice President of Product Strategy, Innovation and Design. Today, she holds one of the highest, if not the highest, leadership roles at Walden University. Let's warmly welcome Dr. Sue Subak, Associate President and Provost at Walden University. Sue, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Deb. I really appreciate it, and um, I think this is a really uh, interesting idea. I, I I reflected on it a little bit when when you asked me about it, and I thought, boy, some people say I'm already too transparent about my personal life, you know, rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers and all that stuff all the time, but um, but it could be fun,
0: so let's have some fun. Let's have some fun, indeed. So let's dive right in, Sue. So tell us, what are you most passionate about? What is something or some things that gives you joy? Yeah, I,
1: I, this is such an interesting question because I think you can probably guess I'm pretty much passionate about whatever I'm doing. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 the answer to this has changed throughout my life. So. At one time, I was a a coach, I coached all kinds of sports. And, you know, planning the practice, scouring the internet, looking for all those things. And I coached, you know, five different sports over, you know, a couple decades. And um, and I mean, I would have said then I was really passionate about that. Um, at this stage, you know, I've just moved back home, and what I'm really passionate about is being a Pittsburgher right now. Like, I haven't had that chance for a really long time. You know, I left home at 17 and didn't come back till the age I am now, um, whatever you might think that is. And <laughs> it was a long time, and um, and so you know, I'm just enjoying getting to know Pittsburgh again.
0: That's lovely. That's very lovely. I've actually never been to. Pittsburgh. And I'm not that far. I'm just 20 minutes south from Baltimore. So maybe I'll pay you a visit someday soon. (laughs) We
1: do like visitors here.
0: Nice. That's awesome. (laughs) So Sue, now that you're back home, uh, what constitutes, um, a perfect day for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question too. So I'll give a weekend day (laughs) to start.
0: All (laughs) right. Perfect
1: weekend day. Um, we'll start either here or I have a little cabin in the woods it's little um you know it's not some mansion in the woods or any of that stuff it's little it sits on a, a stream which around here we would call a crick. and um you know I just like being out in nature so nice cup of coffee and quiet and um the blue heron flies by many mornings and um that just makes for a great start and uh Finishing the day uh, around a fire with a glass of wine in my hand is uh, probably the end of it. Um, I do love to kayak. So there's lots of great kayaking up in the area, not on the stream, but on lakes. And so um, I love to get out on the water, my Coast Guard background. Um, something told me, even though I really couldn't swim when I joined the Coast Guard, that I should be there. Um, I think it was because (laughs) I just love water.
0: Oh, wow. That's wonderful. That's right. You did serve the Coast Guard. I have forgotten about that. You're right. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot of skills that you've probably gained and were able to use in transition when you transition to your leadership role here. That's, that's wonderful. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Um, Is there anything that you've ever dreamed of for uh, of doing for a very long time, and why haven't you done it?
1: Hmm. Dreamed of doing for a really long time. Well, um, there are some travel things on my list that I haven't managed to get to. Um, my biggest dream for a very long time had been to ride the entire route of the Orient Express, which if you haven't ever researched, costs ten thousand dollars.
0: Whoa!
1: Which is why it's a dream. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, and as it happens, um, you know they're they've you know after COVID and all that, some things have changed with the Orient Express, and I'm not sure that's it anymore. But, um, but I really would like to like to take that kind of trip. Um, I don't know. There's something about the uh, the his the historicity, the historical nature of it, and the, like, I like to immerse myself, and, you know, um, if you can't go to Hogwarts and be Professor McGonagall, you know, then riding the <laughs> Orient Express, or something like along those lines, you know, yeah. sort of fits, although, yeah, Dreaming wise, go, you know, being Professor McGonagall would be pretty cool, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds lovely, actually. <laughs> uh, do you enjoy watching Harry Potter, I guess? Yeah. Or reading the books? <laughs> I do. And um, my, my
1: I had three daughters um, who were of the age, mostly one was a little bit too young to read the books when um, when they were coming out and then a fourth daughter who, you know, uh. Is behind all of that and you know the books were already out by the time uh she was able to read them but we enjoyed reading them together and um and i even had a really great opportunity when the seventh book came out with my third daughter to go to one of those midnight parties and pick up our book and dress all up and um she was about 12 11 12 i want to say and we made bets on how whether snape was a good guy or a bad guy and all of that and um (laughs) So it's been a part of um the the story with my with my girls. And yeah. so that's been fun.
0: That's awesome. That's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet. All right. We're gonna start diving a little bit deeper into our questions here, Sue. Um tell us what was um an important lesson that you had in the past decade and how did you apply that lesson?
1: Hmm. Well. So it's interesting. I think the lesson came probably before the last decade, but I've had the best chance to um, take advantage of that lesson in the the last decade. And um, when I transitioned from uh, the military into teaching, um, I did it as an adjunct faculty member, and um, I got my PhD and uh, eventually became an instructional designer and then became the head of um, distance learning at my former institution. And you know, you get a new job and you're all excited and you want to light the world on fire and you start, you know, making presentations and doing those things. And after one of my presentations, a faculty member who had been there at that time, probably 15, 18 years, reminded me that the place didn't start when I got there. And um, I think that's been a really good lesson for me to um, take a minute to understand the environment that I'm in, you know, military, you're moving around all the time and you have to do that really fast. Um, and in some ways in a military environment, they expect you to come in and change things and not wait. And it's all about today and, um, you know, making, making your stamp on things. And so, um, you know, jumping into the, what was the PSID team then, the instructional design team for Laureate slash Walden, you know, I had great leaders like Kathy Strang that I needed to sit and listen to for a minute and really understand the environment and not just come in and blow everything up and blow everyone's brains and hearts too at the same time. And I think that's, um you know, it's important to to listen to folks, not too long.
0: <laughs> because,
1: you know, you can you can get paralysis by analysis, but I think acknowledging the past as you shape the future is really important. And and I hope that um even though we've been in the business of change, it's been change informed by our past and not dismissive of our of our past.
0: Yeah, that's very bright. Nice. <laughs> um, so can you tell me um something that you think it's true? That almost no one agrees with you.
1: <laughs> hmm. Well, this is interesting because I, I I, have thoughts and I don't like, unlike a lot of social media, et cetera, I don't really spend a ton of time figuring out if people agree with them or not. Um, I'm not a thumbs up, thumbs down <laughs> sort of person, yeah. I guess. I. Yeah. So one thing I think is that I think everybody should be free to think what they want. I don't know that most people think that these days. Um, but I do think that um, I think there's enough for everyone. And um, and I think that our scarcity mentality about things, um, which is so pervasive in this capitalistic society that we live in, especially that, um, you know, like there's no limit on how many people can be successful. like. You can yeah. be successful and I can be successful like I think, absolutely I think it can work for both of us like my success doesn't depend on your failure and i I just I just think there's enough I think there's enough of everything if we all thought about it hard enough, and I don't know probably a lot of people don't don't think that way holistically but
0: yeah I do yeah <laughs> yeah i I agree to i I agree with what you're saying, yeah, you're right I feel like folks could use a little bit more critical thinking right when it comes to analyzing this stuff yeah you're absolutely right yeah thanks yeah (laughs) maybe we can make it a movement yeah seriously (laughs) all right so sue about um your experience in leadership right and just in general um what was your most satisfying role at walden (laughs) Oh,
1: you know what? I always say the answer to that is the one I'm in. Um
0: good answer.
1: You know, <laughs> it is it, it, but it's true. Um, I haven't I have never really spent much time thinking about I know you're supposed to make a plan and all those kinds of things in in, in your life about what you're gonna do for your next thing. And um I've never really done that. And my my whole Thing is, do whatever you're supposed to do is the best you can do, and leave your heart and your mind open to possibilities and and they happen. And I know that's not true for everyone in the world. I feel extremely um uh lucky and um in that that philosophy has worked out for me. And maybe if it hadn't, I would have a different philosophy <laughs> about things, you know, and
0: yeah.
1: and that there. are people and situations in which intentionality is, is really required, um, you know, to think about what's next and, and really plan for it. And, and I, you know, working at Walden, you have to understand that those kinds of opportunities aren't equally available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I totally appreciate that too. And so what I say may not, may not be universally a, a, applied, you know, but mm-hmm. in my life, it's, 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 it's Worked,
0: (laughs) yeah. Well, I think it's almost universally applicable, right? Um, yeah, I think it's almost universally applicable. I didn't say that right. Sorry, (laughs) that's okay, (laughs) (laughs) it came out wrong. I was trying to say, you know, like you're, I feel like I'm a little bit like you because with every role that I've had in my whole professional life, I've always given 100% of me, regardless if it was what I wanted to do or not, I just took most of that opportunity that was given me. So to your point, right, I think it's yeah. somewhat universally applicable. So
1: yeah. yeah, well, and you know, you said something important there, too, because I, I do think sometimes people land in spots where, you know, they they don't necessarily want to be and and that's been true for me, too. Um, but nobody else should know that. <laughs> 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 it's my philosophy. <laughs> like In my heart, I may say that. And and I, and I guess one thing about that, too, is that if you make it the point that nobody else knows it, eventually um, it changes your heart and mind about where you are and you can see the value and what it is that you're doing and um, and the value in yourself in doing it. And so I, I I think it has the if you can put that in your head that maybe this isn't exactly what I intended, but it's where I am and I don't need anybody else to know that I don't I don't like where I am. <laughs> At Absolutely. Least- Yes. And, you know, as long as it's not something, you know, like workplace abuse and that sort of thing, which, you know, right, right. Um, I can honestly say I've been fortunate enough to never really experience either.
0: Good. Same. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, Sue, so how do you manage the stress that comes uh, with your role, right? And how do you find the mental balance to juggle um, everything that comes with your role?
1: Well first i'm going to say i don't always
0: um and i think it's
1: you know important for people to recognize that too um sometimes i'm just a big crank and um and and it you know i like to think i don't get stressed you know but i do and i can be a big crank and um so i think also you have to recognize um where you are and and self reflect a lot in in roles like this about you know reactions that you have or um, things that you say or do that um, maybe don't reflect you know uh, on yourself and your situation in the way that you really want to. so um nobody's perfect and i'm I'm certainly not perfect um, uh, so it's something that I try to think about a lot. um so that's one um two, I do think that um uh one of the things that I, I like to do on fridays uh is, is something that helps me and um i do try to spend some time on fridays reflecting on my week looking at my i have to look at my calendar to remember what i actually did to to be honest like <laughs> the week blows by and you're like yeah what did i do this week i don't know my calendar tells I me i can my imagine tell me so i look at my sent emails and i you know and i look at through those things and um i take a moment to um thank people who made my week better I, I mentioned that in the coffee talk that we recently had and you know that it feels good to do that and um i used to call it my happy friday messages that i would send and now i do celebrate great um and i don't know i i it's a little bit selfish honestly it's it's giving something you know credit or thanks to other people mm-hmm. but i honestly feel like i benefit from it more than they do that it makes me feel good to reflect on how I've been helped and the people who are doing great things and sharing that with them. So
0: yeah,
1: I would say that's number one. And then that kayak too. That's (laughs) that's a good thing also.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very nice. Thanks for sharing that. Um, So tell us where do great ideas come from within our organization?
1: Oh, great ideas come from everywhere. Unfortunately, great ideas get killed everywhere too. And that's a really interesting dynamic I think. Um, you know, and one that I think every large organization struggles with. And and it's not it's pretty easy to know why. Um, you know, great ideas often come without context or bigger picture and people with bigger picture think, "Oh, squash the great idea because you know, I've got to think about this bigger picture and that doesn't fit into my bigger picture right now. And, um, and so I do worry that, um, sometimes great ideas get squashed before they have time to, to make their way through. But I was just in a meeting this morning, in fact, where a great idea had unfolded and, um, you know, it was seeing really good results, but also the people executing on it weren't the right people to do it. <laughs> and, so you have to then, I think, also be really um, willing to um, dive right in and say, let's find out what's great about this, keep it, but also have the right people executing on it, um, which could mean a shift in position for someone if they want to stick with the idea and <laughs> and execute on it um, in a new role. But it could also mean that we take a great idea and hand it over. And that is one thing I've had to learn as a leader mm-hmm. is that I have ideas every single day um and i used to think that i had to be the one who executed on all of them and what i've learned over time is that that would kill me if if i kept doing that (laughs) and um (laughs) one and so by necessity um i figured out that it's okay to pass along a great idea and not just let someone else run with it but take credit for it too um as time goes on and i i think that's something that. as uh, if I could ask uh, anything about how we think about ideas it's that people who have them don't have to execute on them we should have people who can take ideas and, and figure them
0: out yeah that's nice yeah um, which is most important to Walden mission core values or vision hmm.
1: well I don't know that you can focus on one without the other the others um so I'm not sure I would place the greatest important on importance on any one of them and and it's temporal too it could depend on the time um right now um as I as I shared um you know in that coffee talk recently as well I think that we are in a moment where our vision needs to take the front and center that um, you know, you, you, there are different cycles of, uh, both maturity, um, of market and environmental factors and all those sorts of things. And I, and, and there have been times when I thought we need to focus on our values. Like when you're going through turmoil and change is a great time to go back to your values. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that's happened over the past few years, you know, with COVID, for example, when that hit, I, you know, thinking about our values and what went to the top of our values was the health and safety of our faculty, staff and students, right? And like thinking about a vision and thinking about your mission has to fall behind, health and safety and all of that. And so the decision, for example, to cancel a residency a week before it happened was actually a pretty easy one to me because it was a values-based question. We keep our people safe and we figure out what to do with the money. Like that yeah. part you figure out. But I think right now we're in a place where our vision should rule and we should have a big vision for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, during our coffee talk yesterday, um, it was mentioned that we are all, all of us are adult learners, right? We're lifelong adult learners. So um as a leader, what are you doing to ensure that you are continuing to grow and develop?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I am a serial learner. Like I, I just, I can't help. Me myself. too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so I am actually um, right now enrolled in a mini MBA program. Um, oh, which is sort of like one of those off the books things. It's not, you know, a university sponsored thing, whatever. But yeah you know, I've been in, I just, I finished a a couple months ago, a a Google um, certificate in marketing analytics. And um, I told uh, Michael that I had finished it and he said, oh, you should check this out. And I'm like, all right. And so now I'm (laughs) going to take three more certificates around marketing and this management and leadership and so I have three more certificates on my list to do here, but I'm I'm really curious because I do think that one of the problems we have in higher ed today is that, especially in the public arena, is that we forget that we have a market to serve. It's not just students to serve. We have a market to serve. And I think higher education is in a real state today because they've been so focused on people within the system and haven't thought about the broader community who's not all part of the system and spoken in a way that speaks to them. General education is one of the most valuable experiences a, a citizen of the United States, uh, anyone in the United States could could go through. I can't speak for other, what they call it in other places, but mm-hmm. that kind of education is so important and in our culture and, and our environment general education should give you so many skills you can use no matter what you're going to do and everybody bashes general education why do I need to do this thing and why do I well we know why employers use different words and say why and no one has ever really taken a, a turn at pulling those things together and so I'm hoping I can like that's why I want to do this marketing thing like I want to figure out how we can take this message of liberal education of general education and talk about it differently so that people look at higher education differently than they do today.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I yeah love I'm that.
1: excited like that's,
0: yeah I'm a, feeling it's... the excitement in your voice like <laughs> that's awesome it's,
1: it's a weighty, hefty like you need to you know sit in the woods for a couple of weeks sort of thing to think about, but I think we can do it. I yeah, fill my brain with more stuff to to help it process. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so, so I want to go back a little bit. You were talking earlier about um, positivity and sharing positivity. You were talking about your Happy Friday messages. And when I was preparing myself for our chat today, I came across an article from an interview that you gave the website medium.com in which you shared five things you need to know to be a highly effective educator and in the article you mentioned that positivity goes a long way and that a kind word to a colleague can create a compounding effect what the compounding i guess the question is what the compounding effect of sharing positivity is mm-hmm. and how do you as a leader promote a positive attitude among your colleagues and teams
1: well i think it ties together some of the things we've talked about which is this idea of a scarcity mentality versus there's enough room for everybody to be acknowledged and rewarded and successful and I think that so one of the things that I have uh I had I now have a good reminder to be sure I'm doing in my celebrate greats is to ask the person to pass it on um so um as the as that initiative got started I made it a point to say please pass it on and share a celebrate great with someone else today and I've kind of fallen away from doing that. So I want to get back to it. So thanks for the reminder. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but I do think it's a, it, it, you know, it's a real culture setting opportunity for us. It's not about taking credit. It's about giving credit. It's not about getting thanks. It's about giving thanks. And sometimes you have to give something to get something. And as an organization, I think um, leaders and all of us can play a role in giving something so that as a as a whole we get something
0: yeah wow that's awesome um we're nearing the end of our uh chat uh but i do still have a couple of questions so do you listen to podcasts and if so are there any that you would (laughs) like to share with our audience maybe two or three podcasts that you enjoy listening to
1: (laughs) well i'm laughing about that because you know as as some of our colleagues have had to return to office, they're listening to podcasts and we've been having this conversation. What are you listening <laughs> to on your way home? And so um, I when I was in the um, Columbia or Baltimore offices, I did often listen to podcasts. I don't as much anymore. Um, although when winter comes, I will do that while I work out. Um, so nice. I will not take credit for, for I'm gonna share credit. I, I think I remember who recommended these to me. I love the Serial podcast, um, and I've actually listened to the following seasons of that. Um, The most recent one I've been following um, is in the Cleveland Courthouse. I think it's season three or four of Serial. So that's what I'm actually listening to right now. But two others that I sprinkle in there are Drunk (laughs) Women Solving Crime, Yes. I didn't expect that, did you? No. <laughs> um and and you know what? I'm I'm not going to share who who uh shared that with me, but it was a colleague who listened to it. And then I do like murder mysteries. The other one is My Favorite Murder.
0: Okay?
1: Um, so, um I like that that is one of the things I en- I love Agatha Christie, Orient Express.
0: Yeah. That, that's sense. where that came from. I'm sure.
1: Um, but, um, but those are my podcasts. So I like, uh, yeah, I like them like that.
0: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> um, um, you should have to share your podcast though, oh, with everyone. That is true. I should share my podcasts. So I, I teach yoga outside of what I do here with Walden. So I listen to a podcast called yoga meets movement science, which is a science based approach to yoga movement. So I like getting my education that way. Awesome. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there's a podcast by NPR. Um, oh my gosh, it comes on every day. And now the name escapes me. I'm Oh, Up First by NPR. It's really good. It's a 15-minute chunk about news. Comes on every day at 6 a.m. Nice. Just enough news that I need without feeling overwhelmed, you know? (laughs) Good call. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Sue, I have one more question. And I like asking these questions to This one question to all of the guests that come on the show. For what in life do you feel most grateful?
1: Oh, boy. Um wow. Um that's a deep question. Um I guess I would have to say um I feel most grateful that I am living a life that as a kid I couldn't even have imagined. That you know I just I just never thought it would be like this that Yeah, that I'd be, I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason I never made a plan, (laughs) but um, (laughs) yeah, I just, I live a life that lets me, um, you know, engage in the world in a meaningful way and ways I, I don't know, I don't think I could have dreamed of as a kid.
0: Wow. Wow. What a lovely conversation, Sue. Thank you so much for sharing what you shared with us here today and thank you for being the first guest on our show <laughs> are there well, any hey. final words that you would like to share with our listeners
1: i'd just like to say thanks for having the idea and who knows um maybe it becomes you know the the next uh you know most popular thing in the whole world but maybe it doesn't either either way i'm glad <laughs> to get a chance to know you a little bit better and yeah. um and i appreciate just the chance in the day to have um just sort of a chill conversation. So that was great too.
0: Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Sue. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Meet the Leadership podcast. Remember to tune in for our next episode where we will be joined by another Walden leader to discuss their leadership experiences and insights. To stay up to date with this podcast, subscribe to the My Faculty Podcast playlist on SoundCloud. The Meet the Leadership podcast is produced by the Office of Teaching and Learning Excellence, supporting Walden faculty through training, orientation, professional development, and coaching. With a mission to provide Walden faculty members with unique teaching and learning experiences and empower them with the tools they need to create inclusive and accessible classrooms, OTLE collaborates with academic leaders to foster each faculty member's career growth and development as an education leader. Discover how the Office of Teaching and Learning Excellence can help you reach your full potential. Contact them at otle at mail.waldenu.edu. Thanks for tuning in.